an important food, a healthy food, and a basic food that can be served in more than a hundred different ways. Hello and welcome to the Fat for Weight Loss Show. My name is Aaron and I am your host for today's episode. If this is your first time listening to this podcast, let me introduce myself. Firstly, I am from Australia, if you hadn't already guessed from the accent, and I run a ketogenic food blog called Fat for Weight Loss, found at fatforweightloss.com.au. And the aim of this podcast is to dig into the world of nutrition, fitness, and everything in between. I'm a nutritional therapist and an advanced sports exercise nutritional advisor. However, I'm not a doctor, so I cannot give you any medical advice. This also applies to any guests involved in this show. Please make sure you consult your doctor before making any changes to your diet or medication. You can find me on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram at Fat for Weight Loss for delicious keto recipes, meal plan videos, and drool-worthy food photography. So let's get right into it. In my fifth episode, I'm very excited to be interviewing Maria Emmerich. Maria is a nutritionist who specializes in the ketogenic diet and exercise physiology. She struggled with her health and weight throughout childhood, which led her to become such a passionate nutrition expert. Maria also specializes in brain neurotransmitters and how food can affect mental wellness. Her expertise is sent her around the world speaking about the ketogenic diet. She spends most of her time with clients around the world via Skype with amazing results. She specializes in helping autoimmune disorders, diabetes, type 1 and type 2, heart disease, cholesterol issues, alopecia, Hashimoto's, cancer, epilepsy, seizures, depression and anxiety. If you would be amazed at the amount of people that get off medication with her guidance. She is also an international best-selling author of several cookbooks, including Keto, The Complete Guide to Success on the Ketogenic Diet, Quick and Easy Ketogenic Cooking, and The 30-Day Ketogenic Cleanse. She has also authored many other books, including several other cookbooks and three nutritional guidebooks. In this episode, we talk about how her recipes have changed over the years, some of the common mistakes she sees in clients before they come to her, and also how the ketogenic diet plus light grounding, and cold therapy can influence mental health. So go ahead and follow everything she does at mariamindbodyhealth.com and follow her on social media, on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Keto Adapted. So please welcome Maria. Maria, how are you going today? Fantastic, Erin. I'm so grateful that you reached out to me and we're finally connecting. Yeah, this is this is amazing. Like I, I've been so excited for this interview all week, <laughs> and I've been trying to do some, you know, research. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's really an honor to have you on the podcast because, um, you know, I, I really appreciate all of the work that you're doing for so many people around the world, and I think you know I I really connect with the the type of work that you're doing. So. Oh, much yeah this is going to be a, a really fantastic interview for anyone that's listening um you know I, I i like to start out these podcasts with something uh to kind of break the ice a little bit and it's it's more of uh just you know a, a little tantalizing you know type of thing that people might not know about you and oh. i was watching one of your videos and you were talking about that you were from wisconsin and yes. that you were involved in um you know uh, pizza. Can you, you know, elaborate a little bit on that? 
Absolutely. You know, it's just amazing how much frozen pizza has taken off. Every country, everywhere you go, you can find frozen pizza in the grocery store, right? Well, it all started in my hometown of Medford, Wisconsin, which is where I grew up. That is where the first frozen pizza was invented. And it was at a bar that was across from a graveyard, and it was named Tombstone Pizza. Interesting thing was, my dad worked at that bar, and his best friend said, Joe, do you want in on this business? And he said, nah. <laughs> and I just think about how different my life would be, because that guy is like a quadrillionaire, um, if he would have said yes. Uh, but I'm actually very grateful. He said no. He start, he had his own uh, plumbing and heating business, so I learned all the ins and outs on how to fix toilets and you know clean sewers and things like that. So I'm a plumber's daughter instead. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, you know, if you got into the frozen pizza business and started eating a lot of wheat or, you know, oh, all of the gluten that's inside there, you may have needed to be a plumber down the track anyway. So, <laughs> Yeah, that's probably why I, you know, why I started this journey is because I was so overweight and unhealthy. Right. And so it, let's let's talk a little bit about you because I, I, I really um, – I really love getting into the nitty-gritty details. So can you explain a little bit about you and, you know, where you've come from and what, and what you're doing now? Um, well, I am a, a ketogenic nutritionist, and um, I guess I should call myself an international best-selling author um, of a couple of books. But I, um, it's so interesting because I'm such an introvert. I mean, I love people, but I prefer to be in the woods, uh, wandering around this morning. I kayaked down a river and then I got caught on my bicycle in a hailstorm. And I mean, that's just how I love to live is in the woods. And I'm such a quiet person. It's amazing how my life has turned out, I guess, you know, it's just crazy. That's crazy. Okay, so uh, you were kayaking, and then you got caught out in a hailstorm on your bike. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I I love cycling, and um, I I did a kayaking thing uh, a while ago where you sort of it's it, they called it an adventure race, oh. and so you bike and you run and you kayak at the same time. I don't know whether you've ever done something like that. Is that are you training for something like that, oh, or is no. it you're just going out and kayaking? <laughs> this is where I. Um, you know, drop my bike off at the end of my kayak ride. And then I, you know, drive to the start. I ride down the river in my kayak and then I ride bike back to my car to get it. Um, but I do this very, very early in the morning before anybody else is on the river because I am such an introvert. I want to see wildlife and all of that. And, um, the river used to be really quiet, but now it's gotten quite popular, but I, I do that, um, just on my own. I usually leave before anybody's even awake in the world. I'm an, I'm an early bird. <laughs> That's, uh, it's, it's so like, I, I am much the same because getting out and doing that type of, you know, uh, I guess endurance activity where you can really clear your mind, uh, is, is so important in the morning. Is that, is that, part of the reason why you do that um you mean why i get up early yeah like uh, i think i think why you uh, prioritize that type of um activity because uh, as an introvert myself i i really understand the importance of getting out and doing something for yourself early in the morning because then you've set your day up for success oh yeah you know you're and, and like 
it's all about hormone manipulation, you know, for weight loss. And that's what your podcast, you know, fat for weight loss, right? Um, it's all about hormone manipulation and your cortisol is naturally high in the morning and it falls throughout the day. In the past, I used to run marathons and I would gain weight. And I believe it had a lot to do with not um, working out with how your hormones, you can manipulate your hormones. So when you work out and things like that, and, um, you know, working out in a fasted state, I guess, um, I've always been an early bird. I'm very energetic all throughout the day, but with kids, I try to get that workout in before they wake up. Um, it's something that I crave and I love. I used to not like running whatsoever or working out, I should say. Um, but now it just sets, like you said, it sets a great tone for the day. I'm, um, I don't know. I love feeling strong. Um, it gives me such a sense of peace. I do not run inside on a treadmill. I never have. I don't even lift weights inside. I, I quit my gym membership over a year ago and I lift weights outside in the sun. Um, I, I don't like driving to the gym and being under fluorescent lights. Um, I save money by not doing that. And I, I just like to be outside. Um, we live out in the woods and, um, it, I'm, I'm non-conventional in many, many ways. That's just one of them. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. And and let's all just take a second to pause for those people who are driving to their gym to sit I on know. a stationary bike. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Um, so yeah, I wanted exactly. to uh, ask you a little bit about uh, what was the motivation for you to start going down the the ketogenic diet or the the low carb sort of lifestyle. Was that was there any particular turning point for you that oh, wow. you know turned you oh. into that? Yeah, it was like written in the stars. I'm not kidding. The story is um, very special to me. I went to the doctor when I was 16 years old, and I was um, given a prescription for an antidepressant. I was very overweight and not happy, not healthy. Um, and she gave me a prescription for an antidepressant, an acid blocker. This doctor told me that she would get acid reflux when she drank water. So as a 16-year-old, I thought that maybe acid reflux was a normal thing. It is not normal, and you should never be taking acid blockers for longer than two weeks. Um, she also told me I had something called PCOS, which is basically a diabetes that affects female fertility. But she told me there was nothing I was doing wrong. Um, she was a very kind woman, but I kind of hate her for lying to me or not knowing the truth of what, how you can fix PCOS through diet. You know, I could have saved myself a lot of, um, it could have changed my life, but, uh, that same week, I went to the vet because my beautiful little golden retriever was losing patches of her hair. And the first question that veterinarian asked me was, what are you feeding her? Something that my doctor never asked me. But we went home and we changed our diet. My dog's hair grew back within, I mean, she looked different within days. I mean, dogs should not be on these dog food diets. They're terrible. They, that's not a natural dog diet. Um, so we feed our dog basically raw beef heart that's ground up and, you know, organ meats and things like that. Um, and I changed my diet. I immediately started losing weight, feeling better. My mood changed. I like to call this diet the happy diet because 
I am such a different person than I was when I was a teenager, when I should have been super fit and healthy, right? I mean, teens shouldn't be heavy and ill and depressed. And that's what I was. I just, um, food really is thy medicine. And, you know, I was a very picky eater. I remember making my best friend's mom cry because I would never eat her healthy homemade dinners. Um, <laughs> but I changed, I mean, I grew up on antibiotics. I had ear infections since I was a baby. Um, and I believe that changed a lot of my palate. I was such a picky eater with that low good gut bacteria and that lowered my moods, but I totally changed my palate. Um, to, you know, desire this, this healthy food. It wasn't overnight process, but I love waking up and feeling like a million bucks that I will never go back. Those cheat days. I mean, I feel like I'm cheating all the time. I have ice cream every day, but my keto ice cream, I mean, what's not to love about this diet, right? Yeah, I totally agree. And, you know, like those those uh, replacements for uh, healthy types of desserts, it's really hard to oh. live without that sort of stuff. And and I think I remember you saying, you know, if you didn't have that stuff, you would find it elsewhere anyway. So it's important to have, you know, to be able to create that yourself. Totally. Some people um, judge me for allowing different treats and things like that. But I have a seven and an eight-year-old that are bombarded with foods with food dye and sugar and I mean every cartoon they watch has you know junk in it or we were just on the low carb cruise they came with me and there I mean that is a toxic food environment there were there were other people not uh, on the low carb cruise it's not just low carbers it's all I mean there's thousands of people on this cruise and maybe 500 of us were on the low carb cruise part so if you walk around you see ice cream and cookies and candy. I mean, all sorts of things, all times of the day. And in order for them not to feel left out, I love making them ice cream. And I mean, I'll, I make them cupcakes and whatever they want. We explore in the kitchen just with a little bit different ingredients. And it, I love it when they enjoy my food, you know? Yeah, it's it's really important uh, to do that, you know, because uh, my mom was a nutritionist and and I think it's really important to be able to incorporate those types of uh, eating habits because otherwise, you, you know, you don't you don't want your kids to feel deprived and then later on just binge um, because that's you know that's a common thing as well for for a lot of people who try and restrict restrict their own diet uh, and then they uh, restrict it too much that they've just gone too far the other way. Um, I, it's it's yeah, it's really interesting about the low carb cruise. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, I do have a, a question. So, um, you know, you're the author of, uh, I was looking through, I think over about 20 cookbooks, which is just absolutely crazy. I cannot even think about how much time and effort you've put into, uh, you know, not only cookbooks, but photography and, and recipe development and the things like that. And you say your cooking style is unique. Do you, do you, do you have, uh, do you want to touch on that a little bit? Um, what do you mean? I said that my cooking style is unique. Um, I don't know. Did I say that today? <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. So, um, I, I think, uh, from memory, you were saying that instead of, uh, when people say, oh, can I replace that ingredient with a uh, flax meal or can I uh, put th those different types of, can I sub out different things? Is that something that you believe in? 
Uh, no, I think flax is very estrogenic and dangerous to use. It's, it was never meant to be a uh, food. Um, so I use different ingredients um, to make certain things. Um, so like if we make a cupcake, I would use maybe coconut flour, or almond flour, or something different like that. But um, we actually don't use a lot of those exotic ingredients all the time. I try to use things like, you know, um, I don't know, when I'm making keto waffles, I'll use hard-boiled eggs as a thickener rather than nut flours just because um, nuts and dairy are typically, I know I'm getting a little ahead of myself, um, but they're... Um, they're holding people back from success on the ketogenic diet. That's for sure. Um, too many people are replacing um, foods with, you know, maybe cheese and nuts and things like that, which are very not only easy to overeat, but dairy is in the ketogenic world. We poo-poo gluten, you know, like no gluten this, no gluten that, and I get it. But we don't address dairy, which is a more common allergen than gluten is. And, um, you know, so cutting out dairy is huge for, you know, people that are not having the success they want. Mm, interesting. Yeah. Because, uh, I think when most people switch to the ketogenic diet, they, they get rid of everything in their cupboards and they just replace it with cheese. So it's yeah. a good point to make there. Um, and so how has your cooking changed over the years? So you've been doing this for a long time now. Um, what, what was, you know, what were some of the things that you learned along the way? You know, I, um, I love being in the kitchen. I strive. I, I mean, I just like to work. I enjoy it. It keeps me happy. Um, and, you know, I'm just a worker bee. We're known for that in, you know, the Midwest area where, you know, Wisconsin, where I'm from. Um, but I used to not mind spending hours in the kitchen experimenting with different recipes and things like that. Now that I'm a busy working mom, um, and I like to, you know, I, I want to get my workout in, I need to meet with clients, my cooking and my recipes have gotten much easier. I'm, I can handle constructive criticism. My first cookbook, people said the food's delicious, but the recipes take too long to make. And I took that to heart. I understand everybody's busy. I, I get it. And especially now with children, People want delicious food and they want it fast. And so um, I've studied um, a lot of different cooking styles, realizing what umami is. Umami is that really special flavor on your tongue that's almost indescribable. Different foods can create that. When you go to a restaurant, you're like, oh, why is this so delicious? And figuring out how... A, a, an everyday cook can do that in their own kitchen with a few different ingredients is really, I think, important. So, because you want to eat tasty food, nobody wants to live off of bark or like steamed broccoli and chicken. I mean, I don't. I don't like either of those. So, um, you know, we want flavorful, delicious food, and we want it fast. So, I guess my my cooking has changed by making it easier for everyone, for sure. Mm, yeah, that's really interesting. You know, and and uh, going uh, going down that sort of route actually takes more skill. You know, because the when when you simplify something, yes, it's simpler on the outside, but you've taken so many years of experience to be able to 
you know, know which ingredients to take away. And I think it's, um, you know, the, the, the beauty of a, a minimal recipe comes out in not only the things that are there, but the things that you've taken away. So that's really interesting to hear you say that. Thank you. Um, uh, so you're a keto nutritionist and, uh, you know, I'm sure you have a lot of clients and you've been and you've had a lot of clients in the past. Um, I, I wanted to maybe touch on for, for some of the people who are listening. What are some of the common mistakes uh, that people make before they come to you? Uh, and and, you know, what what are the things that you try and get people to fix? Uh, just the common ones, I guess, um, you know, what, 15, 20 years ago, I was kind of like, nobody knew what keto was, which is fine. Um, and it, it was almost better than now that keto's uber popular, I read or hear all of these things that people are coming to me like, okay, Maria, I fast until one, all I have is a bulletproof coffee. I was like, well, that's not fasting. I mean, you, you need to process that fat that you just consumed and 500 calories in a drink, you know, like how can we just not call that food? Like it's, we're replacing real quality food with these things like, you know, butter in our coffee, which caffeine is going to impact your blood sugar and butter is going to for sure. I mean, um, what's happening is, I see that people say you need to eat 80% fat to be on a ketogenic diet. If you want to utilize your own body fat for ketones, you need to let that. If you keep consuming excessive amounts of fat, um, I get people all the time say, well, I didn't eat 80% fat today, so I did a shot of MCT oil. Well, my goodness, that is ridiculous. Um, if you want to lose weight, you need to allow yourself, it's called oxidative priority and getting into the negative fat flux. Um, you want to hit your protein, don't, don't count percentages, that's ridiculous. You want to count macros, you want to um, hit your protein goal, that's about 0.8 times your lean mass. If you don't, you're going to come complaining to me, women in particular are you know, doing this a lot, that they're losing their hair, um, they have other things going on. If you do not hit your protein goal, you probably will be losing your hair. You'll be losing muscle mass. Fat cannot build muscle. Um, then you want to um, basically keep carbohydrates close to zero, like a golf game. And then, um, you know, eating fat to satiety. I'm not saying no fat. I'm saying if you have some ribs for dinner, there's enough fat in that animal protein to satiate you and give you enough fat for vitamins A, D, E, and K absorption. Um, you don't need to add fat just to add fat. When um, you read that you need, you know, it's an 80% fat diet. You will, if you will have a lot of fat on your body, you'll, you'll use that for ketosis. That's why longer mm -hmm. fasting, your ketones go through the roof because you're using your body fat to make ketones. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's really interesting, um, and it's it's interesting you point out uh, you know a, an emphasis on protein too, because it is something that uh, you know I, I think people become a little scared of. <laughs> turn into chocolate cake yeah yeah <laughs> i think you know a lot of people sit there and they look at their macros and they say oh you know my my protein was way too high today just in terms of 
the the ratio of what they're eating and um and yeah you're totally right and i and i agree with uh, you know not having to hit the amount of um, fat in grams you have every single day because it's just not necessary and your body has over 40,000 calories of fat on its on yourself anyway so you can you could stop eating and you know live uh, obviously this is not medical advice um but you you, you could stop eating and and be yeah. okay for a, you yeah. know a week yeah. or two a very lean person has you know a lot of energy stored as fat um and the whole idea about how much protein is too much was a big conversation on the low carb cruise that I just got off of. Um, we we had panels about that. And what was interesting is the whole idea of doing carb ups for hormonal health is to produce glucose. You will do that if you. I'm a carnivore. I basically eat zero carbohydrates and. I will make enough glucose from the little bit of excess protein rather than doing a carb up any day. My energy dips tremendously when I do any type of adding in carbs. So um, I do way better with, um, you know, and I love my strong muscles. Like people make fun of like my muscles, which I was called thunder thighs as a kid, but Hey man, I can squat more than most men can. I'm totally all about it. Um, I just wish that, you know, instead of adding in carbs for energy, people would realize that you can do that with, um, you know, some, some protein basically. Mm, yeah, that's, that's interesting too, you know, um, because a, a common fear going into the ketogenic diet is that, you know, where am I going to get my energy from? And it's, uh, you know, it's, it's important to understand that it, it, even on a carnivore diet that, uh, that there are so many energy pathways in your body and your body's so good at figuring out the best way and what, you know, and, and also telling you if something's wrong as well. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I I have another question, and and that's to do with uh, I know that you do a lot of specialising, yes, in brain neurotransmitters, yeah. and and so you know traditionally speaking, food is an uncommon aid uh, for mental health, and uh, how how do you feel uh, about that, and and how do you feel about you know when you can tell someone if if they are going through something like that that you can actually help them through food. Is that, is that something that's really important to you? Oh, absolutely. I actually just spoke at, um, uh, it was for psychologists who specialize in sex offenders, um, and how to help them recover with their, you know, you know, mental health through food and the different neurotransmitters like GABA, dopamine, serotonin, um, you often mistakenly think that those neurotransmitters come from the brain. And we now know like serotonin, that comes from a healthy gut. And those nerve endings go to the brain. So starting with what you're eating is going to be huge. But what most people don't um, address with like serotonin or dopamine, that comes from the amino acids that are found in animal protein. So when we get back to eating real food, um, you know, and balancing things like 
dopamine and your dopamine stores can get burnt out when you are living off of things with a lot of food dye and food dye is the most common substance people are putting in their mouths and they don't even realize it. It's in everything from, I mean, I've seen supplements and even like things like kids Flintstone vitamins and, you know, gum and all of these things. We're consuming a lot of food dye um, and different things that can blow out your dopamine stores. But um, food, act, you know, it really helps with mental health. If it's uh, depression or anxiety, women are known to have a lot of anxiety, especially when they go through menopause or have low progesterone. Low progesterone is the most common cause of anxiety in women. It causes them to wake up in the middle of the night like, bing, I'm totally awake. Um, that's when their hair starts to get a little thin, um, things like that. So when you address the different hormonal issues, um, which you can through with food and proper supplementation, um, people start to feel so well. They're getting off medication um, getting some good gut bacteria in there um, for low moods. It's really, it's like, it's, it's so, it's such a complex part of the puzzle because like a low thyroid would cause depression and what makes healthy hormones is cholesterol. And people are so afraid of cholesterol that, you know, they're eating just the egg whites, not the yolks of eggs, and they're staying away from animal protein. Um, there's just so many parts of that question. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, okay, so I, I have questions on okay. questions now. <laughs> um, uh, there's uh, There's... A link that most people are not aware of, and I guess this is sort of, you know, coming back to the mental health side of things, um, there's there's a link between your gut and your brain, and uh, that that's something that we've only, you know, I don't know, I guess recently discovered. Is there, is there anything that uh, you've noticed that when you heal someone's gut, that they can actually, um, you know, start producing the right amount of dopamine and, you know, serotonin and, and you, know, uh, you know, also the cortisol as well? Absolutely. And people are getting off of um, antidepressants and things like that left and right um, in my practice. And it's interesting because some of the doctors get kind of triggered by this that, um I don't know why they wouldn't want their patient to get off medication. Um, it's not an easy process. Um, you basically go through withdrawals as you um, slowly get off them. You could never, if you've been on them a long time, you can't just stop cold turkey. It's a process. Um, but I've had um, some doctors contact me that they were upset with me. And I was like, we both wanted this patient to get healthy. Why are we arguing about this? Um, it was almost like they were triggered that their patient got off medication and they were happy again. And it happens time and time again. So um, I really do believe food can be that medicine for sure. But supplementation is a huge part too with that. Of course, yeah, and and as you said, you know, if if you are thinking about, if you're listening to this and you are thinking about, um, you know, getting off your medication, you really do need to talk to a doctor um, because it yeah. is a process. Um, yes. And uh, you know, so there, there's there's also um, food that you know evolves around all of this, but 
when you say you, uh, when you were saying this uh, before, when you go out in the early morning sun, do you think um, exposure to sun and exposure to the different, uh, you know, qualities of light has anything to do with uh, how you feel and maybe your mental health as well? Oh, absolutely. Um, I have a book called The 30-Day Ketogenic Cleanse. It was hard for me to pick a name, and I know cleanse, everybody thinks it's, you know, uh, you know, maybe drinking juice, which is not anything like that. But um, the, I call it a cleanse because it's an overall body experience. I talk about grounding and light therapy and cold therapy. Three things, I mean, more than that, but those three things, if you think about nobody's doing they're afraid of sunlight. They put sunglasses on. They wear sunscreen. Um, they're never getting that sunlight into their body. And then they never touch the earth um, with their actual feet, without shoes or without a car, without bicycle tires. We never touch the earth. I mean, people are driving to work in their cars, and then they sit at their desk, and then they drive home, go to the gym, work out maybe, right? And they never actually put their toes into the grass, you know? And I'm not talking about spiritual grounding. We know that grounding to the earth causes different electrodes um, to change the quality of your mitochondria. If you can now get your mitochondria tested. The mitochondria is where you actually oxidize fat. Um, and, you know, you those electrons can be negatively or positively charged. And grounding to the earth is one of the simplest, easiest things to do. And then when you think about cold therapy, do you have the cryotherapy by you? Um, we, uh, I, I'm not sure about here in Australia. I'm sure there is somewhere, but it's, I don't think as it is as readily available here in Australia as it is, uh, you know, in other parts of the world. Okay. Cause it's blowing up like mad over here. People go to these hospitals and spend copious amounts of money to sit in a cold chamber. And we've been doing this for decades. I'm all, I mean, I live in Wisconsin, so it's a bit easy, especially in the winter and it's 20 below out. Um, I wrote about cold therapy on my blog and there's a picture of me coming back from a run and I actually have huge icicles on my eyelashes and I had a face mask on and there's a huge icicle that's about four inches long sticking out of my face mask where I'm breathing. Um, but cold therapy is huge for that mitochondria health, but we're never cold anymore. We're in these environments where we have, you know, heating and air conditioning and I'm not you know, I mean, I grew up with a dad who used to do that, so it's all cool. But, you know, we're never cold anymore, and we're never really hot anymore. Um, and letting your body be a, a thermostat and have to cool down when you're hot or have to heat up when it's really cold, um, especially cold therapy, you get into these micro muscles that really start to heal the body. Um, it's, I mean, I've seen some amazing things when people get into that and I practice that just about every day of course yeah it's 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 so important you say that you know and, and it's also really important for recovery as well uh, I know you're yeah. a big into exercise and uh, using that cold therapy is quite possibly one of the most important things for recovery especially if you're going into a lot of oxidative stress um, yeah. So, uh, that, but what you're talking about before when, when you were going into grounding, I remember reading um, about uh, a guy called Kelly Starrett, and I don't know if anyone listening has uh, heard of him, but he's a physiotherapist, and him and his family have uh, Barefoot Saturdays. 
and they spend oh. all day without shoes. Is there is there like an easy way for people to do that? The, the, you know, do you have any guidelines about how to actually go out and proactively be connected with the ground? Well, that's the thing. Like I live in the woods, so I don't have the people judging me if I don't wear shoes for a week. Like I can just do it. Um, but if it's not a possibility, if you just, I mean, if you have a lot of, you can buy now grounding mats. I'm looking at one right now by my computer. Um, every home has to be grounded to the earth. And you can get little mats that you can put. I mean, if you cook in the kitchen a lot, you could put it in the kitchen and stand on that without any socks or anything. And then you are grounded to the earth. Um, You can get a grounding pad for your mattress. But it can be just as simple as taking your shoes off and walking around in the grass and, you know, maybe laying down looking at the clouds and, you know, like we did when we were kids. Um, But... uh, there's actually grounding shoes that you can buy too if you wanted to, but um, it feels so good to just feel the earth with your feet. Yeah, of course. Um, I only ask because my my parents are into a lot of this stuff as well, so <laughs> that they're gonna oh, love this. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and and for anyone out there who's thinking about getting a grounding mat, it's something that I believe. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I believe it it, it plugs into your um, your electricity socket and as you said all all houses need to be grounded and so it uses the grounding from that to actually pass it through into the mat is that how yours works yeah yep yeah cool okay um all right so there's there's so many great takeaways for for people here in this in this interview um i do i do like to you know end with a few quick questions and these are like, you know, just rapid fire questions and, you know, it's something for people to have a little bit of a takeaway and maybe understand a little bit more about you. Um, so uh, for the first one, what is your favorite low-carb food or favorite keto food in the entire uh, world? It's hard to pick one, but I love my um, maca ice cream, which it's the recipes on my blog at mariamindbodyhealth.com. But I also, so I have maybe when I'm home and not traveling, I have that every day as well as I love hamburgers. And so I have a hamburger on a keto bun just about every day uh, with some bacon on that. I absolutely love it. But I also love smoked ribs. We have a smoker and um, I did a video on how to smoke ribs because it sounds really intimidating and difficult, but it is not. It's one of the most simplest things to do. Um, and a smoker, you don't have to spend a lot of money on a smoker. You're just using smoke to infuse into the meat. Um, and we'll smoke, you know, like 20 racks of ribs at a time. And then I'll freeze the ones that we don't eat and they're like the most simplest delicious food um, that my husband can heat up very easily when I'm traveling Um, it's probably one of the easiest go-to things I can suggest people make and delicious (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'll link to the video. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll find the video and I'll link that in the show yeah. notes for anyone who w- wants to watch that video. Yeah. Cool. All right. So um, now, okay, so there, there, there's uh, mocha ice cream, hamburgers, and smoked ribs for your favorite mm-hmm. food. Do you have any foods that, uh, you know, you're not a big fan of or, you know, something that other people love that you may not? Um. Avocado? <laughs> oh, really? 
Yeah, I actually don't think it's really that low carb anyway, but yeah, I don't like avocado. <laughs> <laughs> we'll move on from that one. That's a touch okay. of something. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, I oh, know. I've heard it before. You know, there's, there's just there's people out there who really don't like avocado, and I totally get it because it is a very strange, uh, well, fruit actually. Um, and yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, so so yeah, totally fine. Um, now, are there any? Uh, I know you went on the low carb cruise recently, um, yeah. but you know, it, maybe you can suggest one of those. Or is there any uh, books or videos that have recently inspired you? Um, yeah, Ted Neiman's talk. Uh, he did, and in the video everybody could watch. Dr. Ted Neiman. He spoke on the low carb cruise. Was fantastic and I re actually recorded the whole thing and did a Facebook live um, and that's posted on my Facebook um, my business page but I'm sh I'm almost positive you can stream um, the low carb cruise videos it was just I mean you couldn't argue with him because he just everything he said he had um, study after study after study backing up um, you know, the whole idea of too much protein turning into basically chocolate cake, he debunked. <laughs> well, that uh, I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes as well, because I think that's probably oh. something for, for everyone and they'll get a lot of use out of that. Um, so I used to be a musician and I've been a musician for a long time. Um, awesome. And uh, so I really love asking this question because it, 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 it really, uh, like, I love all sorts of music, uh, so don't be scared to say anything that you really love. Um, but what music have you been listening to recently? Um, honestly, I really like, um, like, old, old, old type music, like Frank Sinatra, you know, people will know him, but that type of music that's really non-traditional. I love to play, um, like, old French music while I'm cooking in the kitchen. I'm leaving for Italy in a few days, so I'm getting into really, like, old-time 50s uh, Italian music, and um, I'm not I'm not the traditional musician that you... Th I used to be a musician myself, but um, that's my favorite. I know it's cheesy, but that's me. <laughs> no, that's not cheesy at all. Frank Sinatra is uh, an absolute genius. And uh, the French music, like all of the Manouche stuff, uh, yeah. I, I used to um, I, I play guitar, and all of that music was my favorite music to play. Oh. So... You, you have no idea. This is amazing. So you were a musician as well. Did you play an instrument or what was, what was your role? Oh my gosh. Um, I even sang at weddings. Um, I play guitar, bass guitar, piano, and I played the saxophone in the high school marching band. <laughs> oh, wow. That's amazing. <laughs> that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's, ah, oh, that's fantastic. That's, uh, so guitar and, and bass and drums I, uh, uh, and singing, they all sort of like live in a, a particular realm, but sax, that's very different. That's, that's amazing. Yep. I, I played saxophone since I was, gosh, I was in sixth grade. Um, and I played that every day until I graduated high school and I actually kind of miss it because, you know, with life and work and kids, you get away from that. And that was a part of my day for, you know, at least an hour every day. And now to not have it, it's something that I do really crave. Mm, you know, and, and, and I, and I have the exact same feeling and I know what you're going through. And this was what I thought, uh, you know, this is my self-talk, I guess, um, is that Great. whatever, whatever 
avenue you're going through at the time, you can always find creativity in that realm. So whether you're creating recipe books or whether you're creating recipes or whether you're dealing with clients, there's always a creative avenue to delve into when you come to that. And, and you know, music teaches you a lot about creativity and being, uh, you know, having that sort of artistic outlet, I think. You know, well, I was going to say, I, I never thought of myself as an artist. When my publisher was trying to talk me through how to take proper photos, because my photos were pretty bad when I first started. And I never took a photography class. He just talked me through it. And I said, Irish, I'm not an artist. That's his name. And he's like, are you kidding? Yes, you are. Hmm. And I never thought of myself as an artist until he kind of opened my eyes to that. Yeah, it's, it's you know, and, and, and photography, you know, everyone starts off somewhere. And so... Even if you're just starting out as being a photographer right now, don't ever compare your level one to someone else's level 10 because you've no idea how much time and effort they've put into it. And your photos are amazing, by the way. I've been perusing your website and they are just absolutely delicious. Oh, you're making my day, but thank you. It it took a long time to practice, practice, practice. Yes, of course. Yeah, like anything. Um, So, so. Uh, I like to end these podcasts on a particular question, and I think y- you've got a really good answer for this one. Uh, uh, I-, I like people to, you know, describe their uh, a recipe in tantalizing detail. We want to make people drool here, or even be amazed. Um, and it, it, do you have a recipe that you could do, you know, describe in that sort of way for us? Well, I'm a cheesy mom, so I like to talk about my kids a lot, and. When my son was, um, when we first adopted our boys, we didn't have any money and we still ate keto, but what's a great cheap keto food? Eggs, right? And we would get um, eggs from our neighbor and he didn't like them. He didn't like scrambled eggs. He liked nothing. He wanted nothing to do with eggs. And I was like, oh man, what am I going to feed this little boy? And so I made um, hard boiled eggs and I put them into a blender. I love my blender because they make, you know, a lot of different things. And I, I was staying away from dairy at the time because I was writing a dairy-free book. Um, and I, we kind of, people ask me what I'm eating. I'm like, well, it depends on what book I'm writing at that moment. Um, <laughs> I was writing a dairy-free book and I put the hard-boiled eggs into a blender with a can of coconut milk, some cocoa powder, a touch of cinnamon, um, and some sweetener in there, a ketogenic sweetener. And I blended it until smooth. And if you let it sit overnight, it's even more delicious. But I gave this to my little boy, and he gobbled that up like it was the best chocolate pudding he has ever tasted in his life. And I kept that recipe actually a secret because I thought it was so freaky, weird, you know, hard-boiled eggs into a pudding. It is so delicious, and I actually included that in my ketogenic cleanse book, and that is probably the one that everybody goes wild over. Um, and it's like, oh, I, I was so, I'm such a sensitive person. I thought people would think I was too weird for, you know, making a recipe out of it. And uh, it's gangbusters. People love it. That's amazing. And so if you're, if you're listening to this podcast right now, drop everything and go and boil <laughs> some eggs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Make this recipe or even when you get home, if you're listening to this in your car or something, that sounds delicious. And I'm going to have to link that in the show notes as well if anyone wants to try that recipe. And there's no, um, you know, it's a great way to get protein in. It was cheap and it's it was so easy. 
Mm. And eggs are such uh, what I like to call nutritional powerhouses. Uh, yes. They, they just, they have so many things in them that uh, maybe don't come in other foods and they're a whole food and they're cheap. And especially if you get good quality ones, they contain a lot of nutrients. So yeah, fantastic recipe. So where can people find you? Well, I have a blog um, with over a thousand free recipes at mariamindbodyhealth.com. Um, I also have um, a site, uh, keto-adapted.com. Um, and then I'm on Facebook at Keto Adapted. I also have a private group, the 30-Day Ketogenic Cleanse, for anybody that wants to do keto without dairy or nuts and really kick up their weight loss success. I'm also on Instagram at Maria Emmerich. Awesome. And I think, uh, uh, yeah, on Instagram, you have some fantastic photos and I think that's how we connected to start with. Um, so yeah, it's, it, it's been fantastic, uh, doing this podcast with you and, and thank you so much for sharing your journey, uh, you know, from like from the keto side and, you know, I, I've been so excited to do this podcast all Aww. week. So, Thank you so much for setting aside the time to, to do this. And uh, I, I really, really appreciate it. And hopefully people who listen to this appreciate it as well. Oh, thank you, Aaron. You have a great day. You too. Thank you so much for listening. If you loved this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to be notified next week when the podcast arrives. If you could do one small act of kindness for today, I would greatly appreciate a review from you. It's really easy and it allows me to keep making podcasts just like this one every week just for you. Head on over to fatforweightloss.com.au forward slash podcasts for the latest updates and all the show notes. Until next week.